This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com, and I'm here with Scott Eklund. I'm here with Jack McCauley. We're done with fall camp. Yeah, fall camp is officially over for the media and for the fans, unfortunately. But we got to see a lot of really good stuff today. It's Saturday's scrimmage, open to the public, called the Fan Fest, is what they were calling it. So the fans got to come out. What about ten thirty or so? Yeah, yeah then dog walk eleven. Yeah, so yeah, right so they had little, then. yeah, they had all sorts of things for the fans. And then at one o'clock, they went into a scrimmage mode and they did their kind of. They did all their pregame stuff. Essentially, they did what you would expect them to do in a pregame. And Jimmy mentioned uh, after practice, Chris, you because you weren't in there. Uh, Jimmy mentioned that they did everything from the. They stayed at the other hotel. They stayed at the team hotel. Yep. They did the Friday night dinner. They yeah. Did all those different things. Basically, he wanted this to be like a game. Even yep. even gave a speech. And he which, even gave a speech. And uh, Eddie Focio yeah. says. I can't believe this isn't a game that we're playing <laughs> from how fired up he had the team and everything like that. Yeah, so, so it no, sounded, like they, sounded like they really did treat today like a game. It was good, too, because the the offense seemed to respond really well. Um, you know, I think, I guess technically they won 34-17. to 17. You want to talk, Scott, a little bit about the format? So the format basically was they would kick off to just a return man and a and a Yeah, they did very blocker. little special yeah, teams. Yeah, they didn't really do a lot of special teams other than snapping it and working on staying in their lanes. Yeah, it but wasn't was, full of it. There was no blocking. There yeah. was no anything like that. So, um, And then the offense would take the ball, and they only got points when they scored, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, so they only got points when they scored, but the defense could get points – by getting a sack, getting a basically a positive defensive play, which would be a sack, a safety, which I think we were counting that as that getting points, but we're yeah. not one hundred percent sure because there was a snap over the head of the punter, but by a walk on long snapper. Yeah, it wasn't Jaden Green? It wasn't Jaden Green for the record? But um, you know, it, it basically was if they or if they got an interception, they would have probably gotten like five points or something, or right. if they had scored a touchdown, but they didn't get an interception. They didn't get a fumble recovery and they didn't get a touchdown. So the offense ended up winning what was the final score? I got thirty four seventeen. I got the sense that it was similar to the kind of the lockout rules that they yeah. would use for the red zone, but they were they would kind of extrapolate it to mm-hmm. a full full game scrimmage type scenario. Um I had some very, very unofficial stats I put both on the board and on Twitter. I'll put them out here as well. I had Dylan Morris going 17 to 26 for 226 and two touchdowns. I had Sam Heward going 17 to 30 for 229 and a touchdown. And I had Camden Sermon uh, three of five for 25 yards. Patrick O'Brien, who was limited yesterday, I did not see anything on either one of his hands today. He had a headset on and he was there. Um, I don't obviously wasn't available, but he was on the sidelines. So. Yeah, he he wasn't he wasn't even limited yesterday. He was out yeah. yesterday okay. when, at practice. He had a wrap on his right. I'm sorry, he had a wrap on his right hand, and 
Uh, today he didn't have that rap, you're right, but right. yesterday he did. So my guess is, I'm not even going to guess what the injury is. Anyway, the my guess is he'll, he'll just have to heal up from whatever he's doing. Right. And then he'll continue to battle for that backup job. Now, running down the unoff- very, very unofficial stats again, I had the running backs carrying the ball 33 times for 146 yards, and that includes, that's that's net yards, that's not gross, but that's that's net yards. I had uh, Richard Newton, who started the, the scrimmage, going 6 for 14. I had Cameron Davis going 8 carries for 48 yards. I had Sean McGrew going 6 carries for 32 yards. I had Kimari Pleasant going 5 carries for 36 yards. I had uh, K- uh, Caleb Berry, who carried a lot at the end, 4 carries for 11 yards. I had Sam Adams with three carries for four yards, and I had JV on Sunday with one carry for one yard. Um, the big day offensively, though, and there's just absolutely yeah. no two ways about yeah. it. He's on our front page yeah. right now. <laughs> Taj Davis went absolutely berserk. Uh, I had him down for 13 catches for 197 yards. And bottom line is everyone was yeah. waiting to see which of the – would it be Jalen Polk? Would it be Taj Davis? Would it be Giles Jackson? Would it be Sawyer Racanelli? Would it be even uh, Jabez tonight? Mm-hmm. I mean, tonight. Uh, tonight. Tonight. Sorry, Jabez, I can't. Yeah, it's Tonight. Yeah. We've been through a he lot told of us. these pronunciations. Yeah. But, anyways, all those guys had a chance to step up, and it was um, Taj Davis was the one who uh, ended up just going absolutely nuts. And it today. Seemed, seemed like every single catch he had, it wasn't, you know, like contested play. He, he just got space, like, was able to beat his, yeah. get, you know, great route running, had it turned up midfield. I can remember a couple of them where he just he was like in the center field. No one was no one was around him within five ten yards and just carried it to the left side uh, outside the hashes, ran out of bounds. And one thing I'll say is obviously you want a guy who's going to be catching fifty fifty balls. You want a guy who's tightly covered catching passes. But when you look at it as wide open as he was, you just have to, you have to make those plays because those are going to happen in games. You are going to get open. You need to make those plays, and he didn't have one. The only drop that I remember him really having was when he was tightly covered and he tried to one-hand a ball across the middle. Other than that, I thought he I thought he played about as good as I've ever seen him play yeah, since he's been here. Yeah, I tried. I didn't really try to look at the other receiving stats, to be honest, because I don't think I saw no, a receiver have more than yeah. one or two catches outside um, of him. Polk had, Polk had like four or five because I was kind of jotting him down. Yeah, I couldn't really. But, but I, yeah, nothing but like nothing. But nothing was spectacular. Every time I mean, the ball was thrown, it seemed like it went. To, yeah, it went to Taj Davis. Yeah. I know. It's, we were like Taj Davis again. Taj da- that was that Taj Davis. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was it was crazy. No, it was it was phenomenal, and, and and you know, it's that kind of breakout type day that guys need to have at the receiver position in order to really establish themselves. And again, with Jalen McMillan out, it looks like a guy like Taj Davis can really take advantage of that opportunity. He certainly did today. Um, and then also the tight ends, uh, Kate Otten, steady Eddie, but he only had one catch for nine yards. But the other guys I thought stepped up really well. I saw I had Jack West over four for 42 yards, and I had uh, Devin Culp four for 50 yards. I thought Devin Culp had a, a very nice day. He had, uh, I think, at least one drop, maybe a couple mm-hmm. drops. So, you know, still work in progress, obviously, but a very, very good day offensively in general. Scott, just give us your, your take on the quarterbacks. What, what did you think overall? Well, I thought Dylan Morris just continued that steady play. He's, he's making big throws now. I mean, that catch by Romo Dunsey mm-hmm. down the seam 
for the touchdown. First of all, it was a heck of a catch because he, he got hammered. Yeah, it was uh, a 27-yard touchdown yeah, throw, yeah. his first throw. But, I mean, just threw it right where O'Dunsey could catch it. No one else could catch it. And or not tip it away, or was do that anything. in between the two safeties? It was so it, it, one of them was Irvin. I can't remember who the I other want to one say was. I think it was Cam Williams. Cam Williams. Williams. Okay, so yeah, they hammered him, yeah, and he still came in down with the ball. That's a ball, I think, first week of fall camp. He drops, yeah. I mean, he was having the dropsies early on, but the last two days, at least, if not more than that, he has caught the ball really well. And one thing, and Jack, you had mentioned this too, that you had heard some rumors about this, but. I watched it yesterday because I after yesterday's practice, everybody left, and I just sat in the stands and wrote my my post practice article. Um, five or three receivers and five tight ends all stayed after and caught jugs, caught the jugs machine. Yeah. They they took turns first of all catching the short, just short stuff where it's gunned right at them, yeah. and then they then they lined up on like the five and did one where they had to fade over their shoulder. And that's exactly what I saw today. Yeah. Prior to the game, it was. Doing that drill was uh, Odunze, Polk, um, and Rockinelli. They were all shifting through. They had the jug. They, they were they would be five to ten yards out, and the and it, the ball was like gunned to them. And then you know they had to come bring it down. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing, kind of over the shoulder. Um, what they did was they they did corner routes today. So they lined it up yep. closer to the to the goalpost where they had to you know tiptoe mm-hmm. tap it in. And they were um, and that's something um, I haven't personally seen in the last three four years from receivers and. Um, I know I know a couple of team managers, and they've said the same thing. Like, this wide receiver room is completely bought in. And it goes back to what Jimmy Lake said today um, in this postgame presser. He hasn't seen a gritty wide receiver room since he's been here at UW. Yeah, and Racanelli, give him credit, too. He finished practice with a great jump ball, 50-50, um, with uh, Asa uh, Turner. Asa Turner, yeah. And uh, was it 16, 17-yard touchdown? 17. Yeah. And, um, you know, he hasn't been available. And he just came back yesterday, comes right back in, full pass practice, scrimmage. And makes a great play to finish practice, so that was a good play too. One thing, kind of, we were talking about Dill Morris. Going back to that, he looks. Me and Scott talked about it in the stands. He looks really good throwing the ball on the run, especially mm-hmm. like He's play. Ac- yeah, like play action is the thing. You know, John Donovan's going to run a lot. Um, and there was a couple times he was rolling out to his weak side and like through not not necessarily accuracy, but through like hard strikes too, where mm-hmm. he got the ball in there and zipped it in with some good power. Yeah, I was going to say, I think to me, obvious, and I, I think this is probably obvious for you guys as well, it was that that series where Jimmy Lake intentionally backed the the ones all the way up to the one-yard line, mm-hmm. and he proceeded to go 99 yards. In fact, there was one situation where Voight Tanufi comes in for a seven-yard sack, and then immediately on the very next play, it's like third and 17, and Morris drills Taj Davis yep. for an 18-yard yep. first down catch. And they, you know, and... And it just goes to show. I mean, he they're making bigger plays today, plays that we haven't necessarily seen uh, consistently during spring and fall camp, but they're really starting to get it together. I'd say these last two or three practices, they, you, we've really started to see a much, much sharper uh, Dylan Morris and then Sam Heward, who was the other you know quarterback available yep. today, scholarship quarterback available today, again throwing even for more yards than Dylan Morris today. And, and I thought... His decision making continues to improve. It's it's nowhere near where it has to be, but it's so much better than it than it was even like a week or two weeks ago. Well, let's put it this way: knock on wood, he's one play away yep. from playing. He's right got to get ready. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and <clears throat> you know, we talk about sorry, <clears throat> we talk about you know how is this going to work itself out? Is Sam Heward going to want to sit? 
for three more years possibly with Dylan Morris here and all that stuff. Every quarterback knows they are one play away. Yeah. Very, very few teams use just one quarterback in a season. And, and, and since we don't know yeah. O'Brien's status right yeah. now, you, you have to go by what you saw today. Yeah. And it yes, granted, there's two weeks to go, so there's still plenty of time yeah. for O'Brien to come back and yeah. get healthy and Especially do whatever happens. Especially if it's just like a bruised hand. It isn't like he's got a cast on it. Right. So if, if it's whatever it is that he did, and I think it, you know, if you've been around football long enough, you know guys hit their hands on helmets sure. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it could just be something where they just want to rest it and let it. And they and maybe they wanted to get Sam Heward more reps anyway. Well, just let him see. Let let's see what he's right. Do. And I think that's what we we need to move to the next topic, and that's for the fans that were able to watch practice the scrimmage today. One of the real things that tricked me up initially was I didn't expect to see Terrell Bynum suited but not play. I didn't expect to see Luke Wattenberg suited but not play. I didn't expect uh, to see Jackson Kirkland for like one series and then not play. Mm-hmm. And so that really turned kind of trying to figure out who's in the lead for that left guard battle between Julius Bulow and Nick Kalepo. It really turned it on its head because half the time, it, whether it was Bulow or Kalepo, they were playing against with Troy Fautanu mm-hmm. or they were playing right next to Roger Rosengarten. And so, and then MJ Ale was over there on the right-hand side, and I couldn't tell sometimes if he was with the ones or with the twos. Um, you know, it was interesting. I mean, it, it just kind of really turned everything upside down as far as the offensive line. So I thought it was just very, very difficult to know because, in my opinion, based on what we've seen all of April and all of August, what we saw today is not the offensive line that you're going to see line up against Montana. Yeah, like... I, I I think after that first series, first two series where you could tell um, uh, they 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 started mixing and matching more. You know that first unit you saw Julius Boyle go out there at the ones, and um, you know it looked almost like the, that was the only mix and match that was replaced. But then after that, it was uh, you know Kern on one side, yeah. Fatanu Fa on the other side. Uh, you know, just bunch of different pieces going in between. But I mean, like you said, it's. Probably just a rest day, kind of for more of a well, and, Wattenberg and, and yeah. Well, look, with no Wattenberg, yeah. you had Julie, you had Corey Luciano getting all I, of a sudden getting a lot of reps with the ones. You got you got Garen Hatchet, you got Will Pliska getting a lot of reps inside there as well. So that was interesting, and I thought that 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 showed. I think the offense as well as they played, it starts with the offensive line, and I think it goes to their credit that they did as well as they did considering. They were probably playing in situations where they weren't necessarily used to the guy right next to him. Because, like I said, I don't think you know Troy Fautanu, for instance. I don't think he's probably fully gotten used to playing next to Julius Bulow, for instance. Or I don't think Victor Kern or Matteo Mele, for instance, has gotten fully used to playing right next to MJ Ale, who's on the right side now. So it's, it was very unusual, very mix and match. But at the same time, I thought the offensive line as a whole did a very, very nice job and um, really stymied the um, the defense in a lot of ways. And it's not to say that the defense didn't do a good job on, num- on a number of plays. It, this was a situation, guys, where the scrimmage is stacked against the defense. The, the quarterbacks aren't live. Everybody else was live, but the quarterbacks are never live fully. And so you get touch sacks. Like I had Cameron Williams with a touch sack. I had Voy Tunufi mm-hmm. with a, with a mm-hmm. touch sack. Braylon Trice with a touch sack. Jordan Lolohea completely unblocked <laughs> off the edge. He would he would have demolished the quarterback. Yeah. Absolutely demolished him. 
So there were there were moments for sure. But I think the really telling stat guys, no interceptions. And no yeah. fumbles. And no fumbles. No turnovers today. No turnovers for the offense. And I think that might be the biggest the biggest thing that the at, And especially did. at the beginning of camp, like turnovers were a huge yeah. issue for yeah. any quarterback, not just more or not just Heward or O'Brien, but Morris too and today. Just super, super clean, especially for playing in front of fans where it's, you know, unfamiliar environment, haven't done it in a while. Uh, cleaner than I thought for sure. You know, you'd think for sure there'd be a couple interceptions, a couple fumbles, something like that. Yeah, for, so that's two days in a row <clears throat> that this has basically been a game-type situation that no turnovers one way or the other. Yeah. And I asked Jimmy Lake about that, you know, the fact that, hey, no turnovers – as a head coach, I know that makes you excited because your offense is taking care of the ball. But as a former defensive coordinator, how does that make you feel? And he goes, "Yeah, it's kind of the yin and yang of oh yeah, um, equal me- uh, no, head you know, coach equal measure." Yeah, Chris Peterson yeah. would have said, "I'm thrilled on the one hand, and I'm absolutely disgusted yeah. on the other hand." But he, but he did also say, um, he did also make the point that he said, "I I commended our offense for taking care of the ball," and he said, "What we don't want from the offense." Is stupid throws or or leaving the ball out and leaving the ball on the ground so that the defense can make a, an easy play, right? He right. goes, he says, we can live with a 50 50 ball going to a defensive guy, right? Because he made a good play. But if we're just throwing them right to him, then that's that's a totally negative. There play. weren't even like that many no. bad throws. I no. can I can only remember one, it was the one where Cam Fab tried to. Athletically, it, yeah. just, it was just near nobody, but yeah. it was like I, there so were. So it looked like it throws. was badly thrown for the receiver and the DB. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Sam Heward had that one that was behind Mark Redman, even though Redman did get both hands yeah. on the ball. Yeah, there were a couple tough. situations tough. where you couldn't tell if the receiver was supposed to keep running or sit in this in a zone yeah. or do something, and they just weren't on the right page, which is something you would expect earlier on in yeah. camp, and we saw plenty of that. The, those things are a lot limited too, but there's no doubt. Like for for instance, with Sam Heward in the position he's in right now, it, there looked like there were some situations where he could have taken some easy money and he threw the ball away. So on the one hand, you're like, if you can make a little quicker decision, you might be able to get four or five yards on something. But the other hand, at least he didn't force it. Didn't try to you know he put it in the stands. Didn't you know yeah. live to play another down. Those are the types of things. That when a player is maturing, kind of right in front of your eyes, those are the things that you really notice. Yeah. yeah, and the other thing is too, and if you're the coaches, you have to love the fact that you got a ton of film of Troy Fautano at left tackle. Yeah, you got a ton of film of Roger Rosengarten at right tackle. I think he played both. Yeah, if I remember right, sides. he played both sides. You, you got a ton of film of Taj Davis running routes now against the number one off or number one defense. Yeah. You got as well as Giles Jackson yeah, and Jalen. You've got a bunch of film of Carson Bruner running, yep. uh, running with the twos. Yep. You got a bunch of film of Drew Fowler running with the twos. You, they have so much film on these guys now that I don't know if they had that much before. So, right. so that's that is huge. I, people who don't under, I mean. I know everybody listening to this is kind of a hardcore fan, probably, right? And they've been around football a lot. Maybe you've never been in a film room, though, with the coaches or been in a locker room where these coaches are having to make decisions on guys and maybe they don't have the greatest feel for them quite yet. Well, these coaches are going to have a great feel on at least a few guys that maybe they haven't seen as much of. And they saw them against guys higher on the – they saw them against maybe the – 
their plan with the second unit defense, but they were going against the number one offense. Yeah, and it's certainly an excellent point, Scott, because to be honest with you, that almost kind of plays into the idea of why they didn't play some of those number one mm-hmm. performers, because they know what they've got. I mean, that's why, again, a guy like Kate Otten might only get one catch for nine yards, and he was involved a little bit. But to be honest with you, there's so many more guys behind him mm-hmm. that really need to get some something on tape. And you have, and people have to remember too. We have two weeks, so it's two weeks literally today, fourteen days until they play Montana. So there's still time for all these things to kind of happen. But yeah, at the same time, you know these they're going to have to really start to winter down a little bit of. Yeah what they're looking for in their depth chart. In, in 42 minutes from now, it will be exactly two weeks that we will be kicking off. Yeah. Because it's 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock kickoff. There so, you go. And it's 418 right now. Yep. So. so so any final thoughts before we move to the other side of the ball in terms of what you guys saw on offense that you really liked? Uh, for me, I thought the you know, even though the running stats, what did you have, 33 for 146? Yeah, I had 33, I had 33 for 146, and, and that, that was, was net. That was just the tailbacks, too, That was right? just the tailbacks, right? Because Dylan Morris had the, what, 17-yard run or 12-yard Well, he may run, have had a pretty long run, but he had a 3-yard TD. Oh, is that, okay, TD yeah, run. That, that's right, it was only a 3-yard run on the yeah. TD. But, I mean, they probably rushed for 200 yards, but... You know, then you take away sacks, so maybe maybe it was like 180, whatever it was. Anyway, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just thought Dylan Morris continues to just make really good decisions. I remember when um, Matt Hasselback came to the Seahawks, right? And it seemed like every time he you could just see his body language when he dropped back to pass, he knew what was coming, and he, he had no no hesitancy on making a decision. With Dylan Morris, when I watch him drop back to throw the ball, I it looks like Sam uh, Matt Hasselback to me because he's just he's confident. He throw he gets the ball out. He knows where it's going. He knows what he's seeing. There are times when he gets confused. I, I don't and I think Matt Hasselback would have been the same way. But I I just I like the progress of this kid. He is. He is really impressing me. He's actually further along than I thought he'd be at this point. I was going to say, too, I would add that the thing that I like is that if he does get a little confused, like if the windows close mm-hmm. or if the defense, if he's starting to see some, something that might confuse him a little bit, like he didn't maybe see on tape, for instance, he's moving up and through the pocket. He's not falling back. Mm-hmm. He's not getting behind and then all of a sudden having to try to scramble or just launch something out of bounds real quick. That will happen from time to time. But for the most part, he's looking for an avenue up the field. Yes. He's not trying to get out to the side necessarily um, or try to go straight back. Because as we all know, when quarterbacks start to go backwards, yeah, there's not almost nothing thing. that happens that's good. And we saw that a lot with Jake Browning. We saw that a lot with Keith Price, for instance, back in the day. Jacob Eason was also uh, guilty of that a lot. Dylan Morris, I have not seen that as much, and and he seems more prone to want to step up instead of fall back. Yeah, kind of go. He's just so calm, like a lot, kind of like Scott said. He's developed way more than I thought. Just looks so much calmer back there than I would have ever thought. And also, kind of going to more schematics, they are opening it up a lot more than I thought. Like, they, they had a lot of, there's four or five times that they um, they put the running back out in the flat, a lot of five wide receiver set. I didn't expect to see that as much as I thought. But they weren't five wide receivers. Or, I mean, or, I mean five people, wide. Five, five people out, five but pe- two of them were tight ends and one was a tailback sometimes. It was But trust it, But anyways, trusting yeah. Dylan Morris yeah. to throw the ball rather than, you know, Sorry, maybe to Steal my thunder. Yeah, no, yeah, empty. Right. Yeah, no, no. There's definitely some situations where they go empty, and we saw that a little bit last year. Um, I, 
it, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, they'll you know we'll see of that this particular. Fight. But I guess to my point is what I'm saying is a lot of people are just expecting John Donovan to just bunch it up and yeah. run play at like no like you know they were going shotgun they you know they were mixing and match and doing a lot of different things and I think that was neat to see and to calm people's nerves not just going to be bunched. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely believe that to be true. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball. Didn't notice as many guys out per se. I, I'm not sure I saw any starters I did see, like, Ulufosio and Sermon, they may not have played as much as, as maybe. Yeah, McDuffie, true, and Kyler Gordon. I think the corners, they definitely substituted those guys in fairly early. Um, but I will say, starting with the defensive line, they rotated a lot of those guys. We saw a little bit of those uh, those odd and even fronts that we've seen yep. Bob Gregory do starting in April. We saw a bunch of that. Um, you know, Jacob Bandis in the middle really likes to disrupt some things. I like, what, I like seeing... What he did today, you know, obviously Thule and Taki, those are your two guys that are your stalwarts. Thule didn't play that much. He, he, didn't, he just had one or two series. Yeah, and, and, and Taki, Taki played a lot. Yeah. Well, and, compar- comparatively. Right. But obviously guys like Tuatele and some of these younger guys for sure needed some reps. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, there were a couple moments, and this is obviously one for the future, but uh, C.O.C. Finau, he just absolutely unloaded yeah. on a couple guys, and um, he just has that natural ability you know, you can see it with – we saw it obviously with Joe Tryon back in the day. You could just see a bigger guy who could run and who really carried his weight mm-hmm. really, really well. Yep. Finau is just another one of those guys. And you lock him up for a year in the weight room, it's going to be sick when he comes out. I made that comment yesterday about yeah. how he can – for a big guy, he can really, really he, move. He moves. He doesn't remind me – I, I don't think he's going to be as big as um, – Vita. Vita. No, he's not. No. no, 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 no. But he's got the opportunity to be a bigger version of Levi Anzarike. He he should be. He should. Well, he's going to be at least an inch or two taller than Gaines, yeah. Greg yeah. Gaines. Mm-hmm. But he could easily be as big as Greg Gaines. Yeah, he could be. He what is he two? What was he two ninety? Two eighty or two ninety something yeah. like that. But I could see him getting to three twenty. Different yeah, build easy. though than Gaines. Gaines looked like yeah. a tree trunk. Oh no, like, no, 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 for sure. No, he's he's taller for sure. He's yeah. at least an inch or two taller. I'm just saying, relative weight wise. Yeah. He's going to be so you Finau and and Quape Hopa are, are I think are very similar. Other than Pehopa is kind of already there a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's got about a what about a twenty pound advantage on him mm-hmm. already. And Pehopa did play today, which I thought was a real positive sign. He was available, so that was really good. But I just thought mixing and matching the defensive fronts like they did, I thought that was really interesting. They got a ton of reps. I mean, a ton of reps with all those guys, which I thought was really good. And the outside linebacker guys, you just. Help me out. You got just Ryan kidding. Bowman. On, you got Ryan Bowman on one side, and then you've got a you've got a recurring cast of like Laurel and Hardy and whoever else on the other yeah. side. And it could literally be anybody. It could be Jeremiah Martin. It could be Savelle Smalls. It could be Cooper McDonald. It could be Braylon Trice. It's, Trice was the one who started, and then we saw Cooper McDonald, Savelle Smalls, like the next series, and then Jeremiah and Martin. Then Martin came back with Bowman. I mean, it, literally, it, I don't. I, I don't know what 
I, I wish I could really pick a Kaikamaloi's brain it, where he could actually tell me the truth about what he's looking yeah. for because he'll never tell us. Exactly. It's literally like it's like all right, Bowman, and then who's going to be at Bowman? Let's roll a dice today. Exactly. Guys. And then, you, I mean, it's like roulette. It's just like throw. It, yeah. Okay, we're going to go red. Or there, we going to go black? Or are we going to? I mean, one one thing is, and I know this is not done for the joke of Savelle Smalls, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Jack and I were talking about him in the stands, and he just doesn't do anything that really stands out to me. He's he's not stopping the run very well still. He's okay when he rushes the quarterback, but he's not getting a ton of pressure on him. Yeah. I, I just haven't seen him do it. it. You can see the athlete. Oh, yeah, and, can, this, and the strength. But yeah. it seems like every single time he's trying to push the, the, the tackle back rather than uh-huh. use a move to get around him, mix and match different. Yeah. To be he's fair, just more pushing and using fair, his strength. To be fair, other than Trice and then Lolo Hea the one time where he was literally unblocked. Yeah. I don't know of any of the outside linebackers yeah. that, and that includes Bowman. Bowman and, got, I felt like, disrupted. Different. I I never saw a clear. He was Bowman. more of a run stop. Yeah, yeah he, but but I'm not. But I'm also completely 100 percent sure that he's one of the starting outside yeah. linebackers yeah. come come September 4th, come 14 days from now. I'm absolutely 100 percent convinced he is because of just what he's done, and and he's absolutely reliable, and we've seen what he can do both in terms of getting upfield as well as maybe dropping down and, and playing a zone or holding an edge, setting an edge, and being that run stopper too. I just, the other guys, is just an absolute crapshoot for me. I don't, literally don't know. I feel like I could put them all in a hat and just pick a name out and go, well, yeah, that's probably who's going to start. Because <laughs> it could literally yeah. be any one of like yeah. four names or five names, which on the one hand really bodes well for their depth. But on the other hand, you'd really like to see one of these guys step up, right, mm-hmm. and emerge. And I think Trice is starting to do that a little bit. I just don't know if, if it's enough. And again, still two weeks to go, so I I, I feel pretty confident that competition is going to go all the way through uh, until game week, and then we'll actually see what happens at that point and see if Jimmy Lake wants to talk about yeah. who might be starting mm-hmm. uh, you know, a week from Monday. Um, the inside linebackers, obviously extremely thin. Daniel Hamuli did not play today. Mm-hmm. Um, Still in a brace on the sideline. Yeah, we had so you had you had Edifuan Ulufosio and and Jackson Sermon. Those are your main guys, stalwarts. And then behind them, I mean, you had MJ Tufisi, who's another stalwart right now. But then you could pick a, a couple different walk-ons, either uh, Ben Hines or Drew Fowler. They could be the, the the guy that plays next to Fisi, or it could be another freshman in Carson Buner, uh, Bruner, yeah. who played really, really. I thought he played really well today. Got his hands on the, a couple balls down mm-hmm. the field, uh, got up the field really well on a couple rushes. Um, I, I I like what I see more and more of him because he's starting to get featured a little bit. Yeah, I I honestly didn't know what to think of Carson and where he was going to end up and how he was going to slide in. The injury to Haymuli is not ideal, obviously, but it is nice to see Carson get a little bit more run. He's a very heady player. Yeah, and, and let's be clear, Haymuli's still active. He's on the sidelines. Yeah. He's doing. Who knows? I mean, he could be available next week, and all's good. Yeah, we and he have comes no back idea. In. We have no idea. He got hurt on Monday of this week, right? Yeah. So yeah. that could be almost three full weeks. Same practice as, as yeah, McMillan. As McMillan, so that could be almost three full weeks. It's like just short by two days yeah. before the first game. He could be back. We don't know. He was having a great camp. Yep. Um, and But I'll tell you what. So after practice, we met with Jimmy Lake, and I've, I've got notes on the front page for people who want to read it. But he talked about Michelle Powell, Ben Hines, and Drew Fowler 
as guys, walk-on guys who are guys on track to be scholarship players eventually, but also that all three of them are going to be players who at the minimum are special teams contributors, coverage units and, and uh, yep. return units, but also as in the regular defense. Michelle Powell, you noted, and you, you've heard him say that Michelle Powell is the next guy off the bench. It's either him it or Jacoby like, Covington right yeah, now. And and but then you got but then Hines and Fowler are battling for that spot behind Ulafosio and one of those spots behind Ulafosio and Sermon. So I really like I it, I have no, I love Ben Hines. Yeah. He's just short. Yeah. That's the biggest reason why he didn't get a lot of scholarship well, Ulofosio's six foot. Yeah. That Ula- might be one of the reasons yeah. he didn't get scholarship yeah. But Ulofosio looks, you know, yeah. bigger shoulders, yeah. like bigger, you know. Yeah. No, no, no. He's, 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 a, he's a big guy. But, Don't get me wrong, but, but he's thing, not tall. No, but the thing is, Drew Fowler has a little size on him. He's about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, yep. yep. And he turned down offers from Utah UCLA. and a couple other, and UCLA, UCLA and a couple other schools yep. that he, to come and walk on at Washington, and Jimmy noted that. He said yep. he had offers from other schools yep. and chose to walk on here. That's how much he loves this program, and that's why we think he's going to eventually be a, a scholarship guy. So. Yeah, no, it's it's totally true. And, and I, we've, we're, without Haymuli in the mix, Fowler is one of those guys that's really started to emerge. Because yeah. Hines, we've already knew, known about him a little bit. I thought Hines really came on at the end of like April, for instance, had a monster like last week of spring. For me, I thought he really emerged. So I figured he was more of a known quantity. But again, it's kind of like with Bowman, the outside linebackers, for the number two inside guys, it's Tafisi, and then it's a cast of characters. It could be any one of three different guys that we've noted. Moving to the secondary, again, we saw Trent McDuffie, we saw Kyler Gordon, we saw them for a few few turns, a few series. But then after that, you you mentioned Michelle Powell a lot, Scott. Mm -hmm. He was definitely there. Covington was there. I don't know if you guys noticed any of this. Did you notice the the few plays where they had no cornerbacks on the field? I did. They ran you know, five safeties out oh, there. I saw the one. Yeah, yeah, we saw. We saw. Now, yeah, we did, but it didn't clue in until you just yeah. Yeah. actually said it. So they had exactly. Fab- Fabi Kulanen and, and Bookie, and Bradley Bookie outside. Yep. And then they had Irvin, Hampton, and, and Turner. 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 Yeah. 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 No, it was funny. They had so they had twenty, they had twenty one, they had uh, thirty one, forty four, and six. Yeah. I mean, it was like oh, so that's Cam Williams, yeah. Or no, did they have Cam? I can't remember. Yeah, but they had, whatever. but they had yeah. five safe. They had five safeties on the field, guys. Yeah. They had, so throw the throw the rule book out when talking well, about Will, what Will Harris but, and Terrence Brown are going to do because they could they could put six safeties out there for but, all we know now. But Cam Fabi Kulan and Bookie, for for what it's worth, even though they can play safety, they're both. Playing over the slot, so they're but, more, but they're they were more, on like Bookie was on an edge, yeah, but he could, but he was also spread out too. He could have gone out there, and I don't know. I thought it was just super interesting because uh, I had never seen that all fall until yeah. today. And so who knows? For all you know, you, the, the conspiracy theorists could come out and go, okay, well they were just salting things so that you know we'll talk about it and it'll get reported, and then the the opponents will yeah. start looking at just one more thing that the defense has to think about or opposing offenses have to think about. Who knows? I mean, honestly, who knows? I just thought it was incredible. I had never seen that before in terms of like this particular, like Jimmy Lake for sure. I don't know if I'd ever seen that with uh, with Coach Peterson's yeah. and Coach K's defense. Yeah, me either. I don't five safeties. 
mm-hmm. no corner. I was literally, you know, it was like one of those where I'm literally like using my my index finger and I'm pointing and I'm going, he's there, he's there, he's there, he's there. There are no corners. <laughs> it was just the weirdest thing ever. So anyway, so final thoughts. Uh, just generally speaking, I thought it was a super productive scrimmage. I thought they got a lot accomplished. Again, the turns that they got, especially with the offensive line mix, while there's still a lot of spots left to be filled and kind of get that two deeps finalized was huge. And the no turnovers was equally huge. Were there any other takeaways that you guys had? I thought for me, um, it was filling those holes of Jaden McMillan and Daniel Haimuli. Like, okay, like next man up. And I felt like for sure, not saying there was a beat miss, but I felt like the guys who stepped up did their job and they did it, well, you know, Taj Davis, Carson Bruno, you know, those were guys who were very productive today and had good practices in positions that were, you know, in not as much depth, two guys who stepped up in a sense. Why do I get the feeling that people are going to look at Taj Davis's day and go, he's next. Jalen, yeah. Jalen who? Yeah. Like, oh, he, he was better than McMillan yeah. anyway. Yeah. It's like, well, well, he wasn't participating with the ones pretty much all fall until now. So we'll see, we'll see what he does down the road. And of course, since this is the last practice that we get to see, we'll never really fully know if yeah. he gets to work out with the ones, but we're assuming. Did you have anything? I, and I, again, I thought it was real, you know, kind of adding off what Chris said, real clean. I thought Dylan Morris looks. I, I'm just looking at growth from spring till now, beginning of spring till now. From mm-hmm. what we have seen, he has came a long, long, long way in looks like he's ready to go, not only for Montana, but in a tough away game at Michigan. Yeah. I, I would say, echo your thoughts on the um, offensive line, getting all that film on those guys. Two guys we didn't mention were Owen Prentice and Robert Wersch. Yep, Robert no. Wersch got in there at left yep. tackle. Old school. Yeah. No, no. Gloves, no tape on the wrists, nothing on the legs. He literally was. It was. It was. He's not. Uh, he's not burdened by wisdom no. right now. He's just going for he's it. He's just like, all right, cool. Let's do it. And and then Owen Prentice. I didn't get to see a lot of him, but I did see him get in there. Yep, so. he was definitely in there too. Um, but you know, overall, great showcase for the program to show these fans um, why they should be excited. Um, there were some exciting plays made today. The passing offense, everybody thinks that Washington's just going to be three yards in a cloud of dust, and that's just not the case. This this offense is going to be a lot different than what we got to see. Now, I think their their base offense is going to be, uh, we want to run the ball. Yeah. But they're not going to ram their head into the wall constantly. Yeah, yeah. On you know, and and people who I saw, remember when they ran the ball and then somebody on the comments, why are they running the ball on third and on third and six up the middle. Yeah. And I said, you run that play because you're expecting to run another play. Meaning if you don't get it, you want to give yourself a fourth and two or fourth and three yeah. rather than uh fourth and six if you throw an incomplete. Going forward on fourth down now is yeah. not as big a deal it's, as it yeah, used to be. It used to be a lot bigger of yeah. a deal. So um, anyway, great way to showcase for the fans, get them excited for two weeks from today. Yeah. Um, people were cheering. They were excited to be there. You could hear kind of a buzz in the crowd a little bit. Um, and I had I had fun. It was a good day. It wasn't too cold outside, but it wasn't also very hot. So that was nice for me. Um, big guy. I don't like the hot weather. <laughs> and, um, you know, but overall, I thought it was a really good practice and a w- really good way to end the open space sessions yeah yeah and i think my biggest takeaway obviously is outside of dylan morris continuing to impress and doing it in front of the fans now so they get to see that we weren't just trying to unduly hype him up at all 
I just and Taj Davis obviously coming out of nowhere I thought was fantastic. This is a guy that clearly spied an opportunity, got his chances, and made the most of them. I hope he continues to ramp it up as well because there's no question that position group needs playmakers and they need them in a hurry, especially today's age of yeah. college football. And and if you can get someone besides Terrell Bynum because we know Terrell Bynum's going to make some plays for you. But we thought it was probably going to be Roma Dunsey for a long time. Well, now if you can add Taj Davis legitimately to that mix and you've got three guys, that's just going to make it that much tougher for defenses. And that's exactly what you need, especially in a pro-style attack that wants to take advantage, Jack, of what you've been talking about with play action. Because they're going to try to take some shots. They're not going to try to just be three yards in a cloud of dust. And like Scott said, he's going to run the, run the damn ball. It's not what they're literally doing. It's a mindset. It's, it's a way of thinking so that if you need to run the ball, you can run the ball downhill if you if you have to do it. And that's what they want. But they also want to be very dynamic if they can play off of that. Kind of like Jimmy Lake's opening presser, he said he wants to have an attack mode type mindset. Yeah. And that's what he wants to, you know, throw the ball downfield and have a guy like Taj Davis go up and get it and make a play. Yeah. That, and that's what he wants to do. Exactly. And ultimately he wants to have an offense that was extremely difficult for him to scheme against. And that's what he that's what he talked about in his very first press conference. He wants to find an offense that was difficult for him. Like going up against air raids, not difficult for those guys. They they've been able to manhandle air raid for years now, especially the air raid that was run at Washington State. Well, pro style attacks, NFL style attacks, where they have motions and shifts to determine if you're in man or zone or what you're trying to show on defense, can help give it away. And they want to take advantage of that at the line of scrimmage. And that's where I think you see the maturation of a Dylan Morris and now Sam Heward especially coming on strong. Because I honestly thought, besides Dylan and Taj Davis, we can finally start being really positive about Sam Heward because we're seeing it. The fans saw it. For the longest time, I felt like such a Debbie Downer by telling people, guys, Sam's not ready. He's throwing picks. He's... He's making bad decisions. He's it's it's the game is too fast for him right now. He needs to have it slow down for him. He just needs to absorb the playbook and just needs to kind of have those things happen over time. And boom, we're finally getting there. Yep. We're 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 not there yet. We're nowhere near there yet. But for all the fans that were here today, they got a chance to see what the future looks like. Yep. And the future for Sam Heward looks extremely positive. And we can finally start saying that because this week was the first week I really genuinely thought that he could possibly overtake mm-hmm. uh, Patrick O'Brien for the number two spot. And lo and behold, unfortunately with O'Brien, he gets dinged up. But he puts Heward in that situation where now he has to perform. And not only did he perform, but I thought he performed at a pretty yep. high level. Didn't make mistakes. Yeah, he didn't necessarily take everything that was given to him. He didn't necessarily take all the easy money, but he took a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge step for a guy like Sam Heward. So um, I think we're all done here, guys, as far as final thoughts and everything else. Okay. So for Scott Acklin, Jack McCauley, this is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com. Go Dogs! Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. 
available now.